here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Rob McCarran. Breaking news, the rating for Raw is likely to fall at 2.7 or 2.8. Sting versus Flair did a 5-4. Jeff Hawkins. This is a joke. I'm going to kick your butt when I, once I get bail. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come after you. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarran and Jeff Hawkins. There ain't no stopping us now. We celebrate on the floor. Top down, we're ready to go. To all the people across every nation. Turn it up and give me some more. Balloon guy! Hi, everybody. Shake Them Ropes. Rob McCarran here alongside Jeff Hawkins from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. Singing along to some Bailey. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing all right. I think plenty, plenty of sleep, plenty good. of exercise. Good. Yeah, I figured it was. Uh, it's been long enough to where we haven't given the people what they want, and what they want is Jeff Hawkins singing Bailey. <laughs> oh God, I hope not. Oh, <laughs> oh no, I have, uh, as I like to say, a, a Russell boner. Whoa. Um, yeah, that's this is when you're looking really forward to something in wrestling. Uh-huh. Yeah, you get a wrestle boner. So girls, you can get a wrestle boner too. Okay, but what are you what are you looking forward to? Toru Yano and the Briscoes. Oh, that's you right. Kidding? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I said that as a joke, and it's like, oh, it's come true. All oh, my dreams are coming true, Rob. Yeah, the Briscoes are going, and they're going to wrestle at uh, Wrestle Kingdom, teaming alongside Toru Yano. Everyone knows Ooh. your favorite. Who won't be wrestling? He'll just be hitting dudes in the nuts and un and shrugging, unbuckling turnbuckles. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool one. I mean, uh, they're going for titles in Japan too now. All of a sudden, oh, are they the never six man open weight titles? Oh wow, it's a new belt. So nice. uh, yeah, so let's you know, New Japan comes over and you know Jushin Liger comes and works with NXT and and New Japan's backstage at the NXT show and. You know, Ghetto and Giotto were like, hey, we can make our own NXT. Let's get this Never thing going again. Because Never, if you're a follower of New Japan, when they created the Never Openweight title, it was supposed to be for like a young guy's promotion. Was it? Okay. And I, it just, I'm, not, I'm not that aware of the Never history. I knew that they created an intercontinental title just for MVP. Right. And then it's become something. But I, I'm not aware of the history of Never, so please continue. But yeah, so uh, they created it to be kind of a, a young man promotion or a, a less th- lesser than the main event promotion. Okay. And it didn't end up kind of happening, and the Never title is, you know, all a part of New Japan, but now they're creating the Never Openweight six-man titles, uh, and Toru Yano and the Briscoes are going up against the Bullet Club, and we'll see what happens there. Sweet. Sweet. Rob, are you a Christmas guy? Um, I mean, I uh, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a... I'm not the biggest. I mean, maybe this makes me a horrible person. I don't know. I maybe everything you've ever heard on the show makes me a horrible person, but <laughs> I don't get that jazzed up about it. Okay. I'm not. I'm not either. So I, I mean, it, it, it's it's one of those things where once you hit adulthood, it kind of loses its luster and it becomes more of a I have to do these things. I have to go to these parties. I have to buy these gifts and whatnot it's it's a stressful time more than anything for me especially you know it's also just too many jewelry commercials yeah yeah. i can't stand them jewelry (laughs) commercials everywhere it's definitely a stressful time because of what the pressure we put on ourselves and the pressure that you know society puts on you know you buy this buy this and you know keep buying and it is i mean this is the longest complaint ever but it's super commercialized and it just brings down the value of you know if you're someone who celebrates the meaning of christmas maybe you're not you know a christian and you don't celebrate christmas at all and you have your own holiday celebrations or you know and religious celebrations it's just it's just a weird time and i don't get super jazzed up about it i mean it it's a fun time because christmas comes and you know the new year's day comes a week after and it's a whole bunch of stuff all in a short period of time and it seems really significant and then uh you get into january and you're like oh well that's all over now we have a year to go Mm. And you're just you, the slow period of time. Did you buy the lady jewelry or are we not at that stage yet? 
Um, yeah, I did. Uh, nice job. I did. When we do, uh, when we, uh, so what's going to happen here, Jeff? Okay. And we, we briefly talked about this, I think, off air last week. Okay. And I was running around today. Like, I'm, I've been running around today, and I've had work stuff, and I've had last-minute Christmas stuff, and I've had, you know, trying to get the studio right because I, you know, I didn't rearrange things, but I've been working on the house a little bit and trying to get things cleaned up, and, you know, I, I've just been running around all crazy today. And we mentioned last week that we wanted to do some type of, like, Q&A or mailbag show. Okay. So what we're going to do is we have the show today that you're listening to right now, uh, episode 124 of Shake Them Ropes. We are going to talk about Raw from last night. We're a little different twist on how we're going to talk about Raw last night. Uh, we have Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar, match number 52 from the Top 100 Countdown to talk about. That is the SmackDown Iron Man match. Yes. Uh, that we are going to discuss today on the show. And a return of the segment Kevin Owens Hates You returns oh. uh, returns today. Uh, <laughs> so we have all that. Uh, but what we are going to do is on Christmas Day, uh, as a special little bonus, oh, the Christmas Day mailbag shake them ropes. A holiday celebration. A thank you to all of those who have listened to us even just once in the past two years, and especially those who have continued to listen to us. Uh, a holiday thank you show. Oh, okay. Tiny Tim will throw the crutches away and say, God bless us, everyone. That's right. So uh, we got all that to get through. So we will talk Christmas on that Christmas show. Okay. Uh, cool. A little bit uh, more in depth. But first, mm. what I thought we would do, because you are not home. You are, I am not home. You are in Arizona. Yes. Uh, it's a crazy busy week. I watched Raw live last night for maybe the first time that I've actually watched it live in so long. Um, I, I started a little bit late, honestly. I had to watch on a little bit of a delay, but pretty much live. I started late because I was, what was I doing? I tweeted out what I was doing, but I, I got lost track of time. I was like in a rabbit hole on YouTube watching Mike Francesa rant videos. <laughs> God, why would you ever put yourself well, through that? What happened was I'm getting ready for Raw. I'm, you know, I'm I'm actually cooking dinner and I was gonna watch Raw uh on the Mac. Um and Mike Francesa decided to cut a rant on Odell Beckham Jr. and the Giants yesterday. Okay. If you're an NFL fan, you know Odell Beckham Jr. went nuts on Sunday. Oh, that game was fantastic. Yeah, I, I didn't get, it. I didn't get to watch it. I, I saw the highlights because, you know, we had uh we had the Bears game. Mm. Um but Mike Francesa decided to go on a little rant Yes, about Odell Beckham and the Giants. So I'm watching this rant, and then 10 minutes later, it's done. I'm kind of watching it in the background while I'm eating. And then the YouTube video ends, and it plays the next YouTube video, which is another Mike Francesa rant. So all of a sudden, for the next hour, I was listening to Mike Francesa rants over various topics. Did you watch Mike Francesa fall asleep on the air? Did you get to see that I, that, video? that wasn't a part of this stream of rabbit holeness. But okay. I've seen that before, yes. Okay. I've absolutely seen. Uh, I think one of them was, uh, you know, I think they played the video of him with Alex Rodriguez, which was just a weird time. Mm. Um, but uh, so that is why I started Raw a little bit late. All that to say, I started Raw late, but I did watch it live Monday night uh, for the first time in a long while. You, however. Yes. Did not. Yeah, I have direct TV at home. So the. The plus is I can start it at 5 p.m. Pacific, which is 8 p.m. Eastern, yeah. and watch it live and then go to bed and have a fairly decent night's sleep before work. Here in Arizona, I can't get it until 9 p.m. this time here because it starts at 8 p.m. Pacific, and we are one hour ahead. Right. And and the USA app, it turns out, does not stream raw, um, which was a bit of a surprise, but it would not it would not stream it until eight PM anyways here. So it was and and you know, I'm I'm trying to follow the rules and regulations of the FCC. So I was not going to go out and search for an illegal stream of any kind. It's a very um, nice view, yep. Well I don't want to get my folks in trouble. Um <laughs> That's true. And, you don't and, want to do that. and so uh and so all of a sudden I get this message, oh, don't watch Raw We'll ha we'll play a little bit of a game on the air. So, Rob, what is this game we are going to play? This game is because, you know, a lot of the talking points is about how his WWE creative is so stale mm -hmm. and Raw has become predictable in its segments. Mm -hmm. And I want to play 
can Jeff Hawkins guess WWE creative? <laughs> okay, let's. Uh, so I have no strong opinions this week about Raw. <laughs> Since we have no, and that's really the reason why I did this because there's no strong opinions about Raw. So we might as well do something a little bit different because I had no. The only strong opinion I had, and we'll get through this. And you know, if you have questions about what happens and how does this makes sense, I will answer them for you. Okay, but cool. I did not like this Raw. It okay. was super boring. Not oh, a lot you, happened. It was a filler know, of an episode. You know what? If you didn't like it, then it must have been really terrible. Yeah, it was not. It was not good. I could not imagine, and you will. You'll find out why I say okay. this. I could not imagine having gone to that show live and walking out without being super angry. Mm. But now, on, now on the other hand, have yeah. you watched the past two uh, Breaking Ground? Absolutely. We'll talk those Breaking been, Ground. Those yes. were fantastic. I thought Breaking Ground might be my favorite show. Yeah, it's getting close to a table for three wrestling is wise. up there. Yeah, yeah wrestling okay. wise. I think okay. I, I enjoy breaking ground more than table for three. Just it's twice as long. Table for three usually lasts about 23 minutes and breaking ground last night went about 40. Uh, it's it's twice as long. Uh, you get a little bit more content. Yeah. And table for three, they do it in segments to where you kind of get six minutes of a story between between three guys. So you really don't get anything in depth. It's it's cool. It's fun. Uh, but I would put breaking uh, breaking ground a little bit above that. So we will definitely talk about the highs and lows of breaking ground. Um, but Jeff Hawkins, Let's are you ready this. to guess WWE creative? We uh, we start raw began last night. In let one me guess of, this. Let me guess this. Let me guess. Oh oh, you have oh, oh, I, choice. Was, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the starter or segment idea, and then you guess of three options, what actually happened. But if you oh. would like to take a shot, by all means, how do you think Raw began last night? Well, I am guessing that either the authority or just Stephanie came out to start Raw. Interesting. Interesting. So Raw opened with, these are the three choices to give a little bit more detail and oh. get, you know use your hunch there and see if that relates to any of these options. Option A. Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and the Usos out to celebrate Roman's title win. The League of Nations interrupts, and we get an eight-man tag team opener. Option B, Stephanie McMahon and Roman Reigns have a war of words, ending with Stephanie booking Dean Ambrose in a cage match for the main event. Or option C, Kevin Owens and Dean Ambrose go one-on-one -on -one for the Intercontinental title. I am guessing since the ratings were up last week with the McMahons all over it, I am guessing B, Stephanie, and Roman had a war of words of some kind. That is correct. You are one for one so far. Stephanie opened the show by herself, and then Roman came out. Okay. And Stephanie first wanted Roman to get out of the ring because Roman was doing the laughing John Cena type uh, oh, speaking. He, he, he was happy Roman. He was happy uh, Roman. He had foiled the authority. He was happy Roman, and Stephanie mm -hmm. was super pissed. So Stephanie orders him out of the ring. Roman turns his back on Stephanie to get out of the ring. And of course, Stephanie called him back in because how dare you leave, even though I've told you to. <laughs> uh, so Roman Reigns walks out. He goes back up through the crowd. Mm -hmm. And Stephanie, angry, books the Usos in a match and books Dean Ambrose in a cage match. So not punishing Roman. He's punishing Roman's family. Ah, because Roman hurt her family, correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. So that's how Raw began. We had our first Slammy Award of the night. Mm -hmm. The first Slammy Award was for Breakout Star of the Year. Who won your options? Kevin Owens, Neville, or Kalisto? Kevin Owens. Your winner was Neville for Breakout Star of the Year. Neville came out to accept the award. Kevin Owens, in a tizzy, came out to say this was bullcrap. He's right saying he was the real breakout <laughs> star. Kevin Owens was the one who beat John Cena on his first night in. Mm -hmm. So Dolph Ziggler, who had presented the award, kind of made fun of Kevin Owens a little bit. The two went back and forth and got in a brawl, and they would wrestle later on in the show. So Neville, okay. your breakout star of the year. Well, at least it's explainable then, I guess. Your first match of the night was Kane versus Bray Wyatt. Demon Kane is just back wrestling on TV. Kane, really? Kane versus Bray Wyatt was your match. Now, what happened from here, Jeff? One of these three options. Option A, The Undertaker makes a surprise appearance, helps Kane with a four-on-one beatdown that was happening as the Wyatt family got involved, 
and the segment ends with Taker and Braun Strowman staring off. Option B, Bray wins and cuts a promo on Dean Ambrose. Or option C, the Wyatts interfere and the Dudley Boys and Tommy Dreamer run out to go into an eight-man tag with Dudley's Dreamer and Kane versus the Wyatts. It sounds the laziest, so I'm going to go with C. Option C is the winner. (laughs) Yes, because we've had eight-man tags now for the last two weeks. What's another one? That's right. Eight-man tag with the same guys, by the way, the Wyatts, Dudleys, and Dreamer, and Mm. you uh, you just insert Kane in there rather than Rhino. No Rhino on the show. It's the holidays. It's going to be a holding pattern show, probably. So, um, okay. So you uh, use that to your advantage. You're two for uh, two for three so far. Two for three. So far, yeah. so good. Okay. So how did? Uh, well, I mean, I guess it was just a match. It's interesting that Rhino wasn't there. But did Rhino they, wasn't uh, there. Did they, did they explain it at all, or no? Uh, not really. It was just Team ECW and Kane. Okay. Fair and they didn't really mention. Uh, at least I don't remember them mentioning Rhino. Very well. So you get you get that eight man, uh, you get that eight man uh, deal there, and we move on. The next match was that Kevin Owens Dolph Ziggler match. So your options for how Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler ended: A. Kevin Owens wins clean. B. Dolph Ziggler wins clean. Or C. Brock Lesnar makes an appearance to a huge pop in his hometown and lays out both guys. Kevin Owens wins clean. Are you sure about that one? Yes. Final answer. Oh, wow. Kevin Owens wins clean indeed. Thank you. You are the champion. So far, three for one. You are booking WWE creative without even watching the show. (laughs) Me me and a six-year-old child, probably, more or less. Stephanie McMahon comes out to reveal the award for Superstar of the Year. Yes, this happened in the first, uh, first hour, first top of the hour of the show, or the second top of the hour, I guess you would call it. Uh, Superstar of the Year. You have four options, Jeff, on this one. Okay. Option A, John Cena wins Superstar of the Year, making his return to WWE Raw. Option B, Roman Reigns wins for the second year in a row, and Sheamus comes out and attacks him. Option C, Seth Rollins wins, cutting a super babyface promo. And option D, Daniel Bryan wins. Stephanie accepts the award on his behalf as Daniel Bryan fails to appear. Well, seeing as they sent Stephanie out there and they were so associated with one another during the course of the year, I'm going to take a guess that this was a bit of a swerve and Seth Rollins was named Superstar of the Year and cut maybe a video baby face promo. Seth Rollins was the winner. Seth Rollins was your 2015 Superstar of the Year. And no, he appeared live. Oh, wow. Okay. He came out with the crutches with a black suit on and cut a super babyface promo in the arena that the crowd all cheered for. He's a Midwest guy, too. So, I mean, I guess that would go over fairly well. Yes. So, so far, you are rolling here. I probably should have guessed Roman Reigns, but I I had a feeling this one would be a bit weird. Yeah, I I had to put that in there because I I thought you were going to go with Roman Reigns, honestly. Yeah, it it sounded too right at the time. (laughs) So John Cena didn't come back this week, but they did announce that John Cena will be back next week. John Cena is going to wrestle Alberto Del Rio for Madison Square Garden on next week's Raw. So that is your main event of the show. John Cena versus Alberto Del Rio. For the title? Um, They did not. The graphic didn't have a title match. I don't remember Cole saying it was a title match, so it's probably non-title. It's probably going to be John Cena getting the quick win, but Alberto will still be U.S. champion. If it's for the title, John Cena's getting the belt yes, back. Yes, he's getting the belt back if it's for the title, but I think John Cena might be above the championship going into WrestleMania. Okay. I think on this one. So I, I don't know if it'll be a title match. I don't think it will be. That's a good idea, actually. Diva of the year. Our truth mm-hmm. was out to present. Okay. Diva of the year. You have four options here as well. Option A, Nikki Bella wins and cuts a super babyface promo while hugging Paige. Option B, Charlotte wins and cuts a super babyface promo while hugging Becky. Mm. Option C, Sasha Banks wins and challenges Charlotte for the title. And option D, Paige wins, but R-Truth reveals he made a mistake reading the card and Sasha Banks actually wins. 
Oh, they just would. But there's no way they'll give it to Sasha Banks. That's just it. Um, am I allowed to ask a question about one of the answers? Sure. Now, when you say Charlotte cuts a babyface promo, are you being legitimate, or is there the option that it could be a sarcastic babyface promo? It can be the option that it's a sarcastic. She just came out and you know did the you know thank. Thank my daddy, thank Becky, thank everyone, thank all the fans, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But Nikki held the belt on for so long. But why would she hug Paige? I will, you know what? I'll guess, I'll guess Charlotte on this. Wrong. Why would what, she hug Paige indeed? But she did. Oh my God, you're kidding. Nikki Bella won Diva of the Year. So what happened is I, I threw a trick in there because option D almost happened, except D, for instead of Sasha, it was Nikki. D's, if you had said Nikki and, and, he had, and he had said that, I would have believed it. I know. That's, that's Sa- why. Giving Sasha the, the diva thing. Yes, that's okay. why I threw Sasha in there. So what happened is R-Truth was presenting the award. He originally okay. read Paige. So Paige comes out all dressed up, accepting the award for about a minute. And then our truth comes back in the total, you know, Steve Harvey, oh, you know, God. commentary from the other night. Our uh, truth says he misread the card and it was really Nikki Bella who won. Nikki mm. Bella comes out to accept the award. She asks Paige to stay out there. Okay. So Nikki Bella cuts the super babyface promo. Thanks all the women. I'm happy for all the women, not just in the arena, but for in an NXT, for in the corporate offices. This is the best year for women in WWE. The crowd's cheering her on. She then, you know, when she's done accepting the award, she and Paige hug and walk off together. Did she thank Bailey and Sasha for making her relevant at all? Not directly, okay. but she thanked the women in NXT. Okay. Yep. So Nikki Bella, super babyface coming out. That's weird. Yeah, so uh, an X there for Jeff, but you were very close. I'm not. I'm not keeping score here, Rob. I know you might be, but I'm just trying to guess. I'm only keeping. I'm not keeping score. Like, oh my God, how could you be so bad at this? I'm keeping <laughs> score to see, like, okay, you didn't watch Raw at all, right? And I'm giving you what I feel to be all options that could have happened, right? Yeah. There's not yeah. an option out here that's been so ridiculous that it couldn't have happened. I'm trying to be realistic. I'm not coming out. Oh, Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler come out and guess who wins Dolph Ziggler. Then he challenges Goldberg for the championship. Okay. Well, Um, no, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That the, the Charlotte one sounded realistic in that she'd come out and kind of play play up the sarcastic Becky thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Becky Lynch versus Brie Bella happens in the ring. Option a Becky wins clean option B Brie wins clean option C Becky wins with help from Charlotte. Option D, Brie wins because Charlotte's help backfired. Oh, my God. This could be all of them. Um, I think it could be all but one, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Becky's been winning because Rick was interfering. So I don't think they'd do it with Charlotte necessarily. Brie can take a loss. I'll go with Becky wins clean. Right on, Jeff Hawkins. Yes. Becky wins the match clean. Charlotte was out there. Ric Flair was not out there as he had presented an award on the show. So Charlotte was out there, did not interfere one bit, and Becky Becky Lynch won with a disarmor. That's, you know what, good. She needs some clean wins. Yep, she won clean with a disarmor. So you are uh, continuing your role. There's only a couple left. Okay. Dean Ambrose versus Sheamus was indeed the main event for the show. It was in a steel cage match. Booked him against Sheamus. Okay. Booked him against Sheamus. Uh, as you can tell by the now, by now, by the way, uh, there was not a lot of wrestling on the show. No, you know what? It was funny because when you said that they were going to put the Usos and Dean in matches, I, I thought for sure it was going to be the three of them versus the League of Nations and or, and maybe even the New Day combined and just a handicap match like they did a few weeks ago. Yeah. So the the Usos did wrestle a two on three handicap match against the New Day on the show. Oh, okay. The Usos came out smiling, super happy, going into this punishment match, and the <laughs> Usos won clean, pinning Xavier. I believe it was pinning Xavier. They were won the, the two-on-three match against the New Day. Were the New Day entertaining at all? You know, I mean, they did their similar. They did their similar thing. Okay. Uh, what was hilarious on the show is to get. You know, I thought they were actually going to do it, but Big E comes out before the match with the Usos. They're cutting their promo in the ring. And Big E threatened to give away Star Wars spoilers. (laughs) 
<laughs> but Kofi Kingston stopped him because Kofi is a dad, you see, and ah. hasn't had time yet to see the movie. Nice. So he didn't want Biggie spoiling the movie. And Xavier and uh, Biggie make fun of Kofi for not seeing the movie yet, as as they both saw it on Thursday. I'll seek that out. That sounds kind of fun to yeah, watch. That, that part was uh, that part was pretty good. So yeah, they, the Usos did wrestle on the show in a punishment match, winning against the New Day. Uh, but Dean Ambrose and Sheamus was your uh, cage match main event. You have three options here. Option A, Sheamus wins. The League of Nation destroys all of the Roman family. Mm-hmm. Option B, Sheamus wins. Roman turns on Dean Ambrose, saying he doesn't need his family anymore as he is the champion. And option C, Dean wins, and Roman destroys the League of Nations all by himself. Oh, that's a. I think that's C. I think the Dean if Dean probably beats Sheamus, and then Roman comes out for the save and kills everybody. Meanwhile, Dean kind of gets escorted off camera because that's happened before. So I think I'm gonna go with C. Option C is the winner. All right. You were close, and so what happened is before the main event, the Usos were taken out backstage. All right. By the League of Nations. So now it's the League of Nations coming out to support Sheamus and Dean Ambrose coming out by himself. So during the match, as the League of Nations are kind of surrounding the ring so Dean can't escape, Roman Reigns comes out, uh, beats up the entirety of the remaining League of Nations members, Alberto, Wade Barrett, and Rusev. Beats them all up by himself. So now it's clean one-on-one Sheamus versus Dean Ambrose. Uh, They do the spot where they're both hanging from outside the cage. It's a matter of who drops first, and Dean Ambrose dropped first. So uh, Roman Reigns kind of helps uh, Dean Ambrose win by getting everyone else out of the way. Sheamus drops, turns around, and Roman Reigns spears him. So Roman Reigns literally took out the entire League of Nations all by himself uh, in the main event as the crowd erupts that Dean Ambrose won. So it was a it was a clever way, I guess, of continuing the support for Roman, even though the crowd is going crazy for Dean Ambrose. Right. And you have that association there as Roman is helping Dean up. So who are they cheering for? You know, you could say it's for Roman. You can say it's for Dean, even though really this crowd was really into Dean Ambrose. It's fascinating that this helps Dean absolutely none, and he's the popular one, and they're trying to drift off the popularity onto Roman. Yep. Roman has now beaten the New Day single-handedly. He's beaten the Wyatt family almost single-handedly. And now he's beaten the League of Nations almost single-handedly. Yeah, there's there's only one more person he's got to beat single-handedly, and that is Brock Lesnar. Well, he's a man who's beaten four men. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> why yeah. wouldn't he be able to beat? And yet we're still worried about how he's being perceived. So right. that's that's interesting. Okay. So we'll see. Now, there's one more. Oh. This is what happened at the end of Raw. So the cage match ends. All right. There's three options here. Option A, Eden Stiles backstage asks Stephanie for her reaction to the main event. Steph says that she will, uh, she has no reaction, but Triple H might as he returns next week. Option B, Tom Phillips asks Stephanie for her reaction (laughs) and Stephanie slaps the living shit out of him. And option C, Sheamus walks out on the League of Nations. Cole wonders if it's the last we've seen of the group. Oh, oh, you're so clever on this one, Rob. Uh, I will say, see, the slap sound, because the slap was probably popular and probably gave Vince a laugh, so that sounds... That sounds like it could be it. And also Seamus running off on him on the League of Nations because they're a bunch of losers to possibly make him another single star and rebuild him. So, But I'm going to go with the easy one. I'm going to go with Eden Styles. A. You are incorrect. Which one? Was it Tom? Tom Phillips oh, walked up to Stephanie, asked her a reaction, and Stephanie slapped him around until he was crying, coddling on the floor. God, I should have known. Emasculating Stephanie is yep. always is always a plus for 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 the script. Okay, that's right. Yeah, so um, she beat the living crap out of Tom Phillips, and oh, uh, I thought it was a Triple H had appeared on NXT that they'd want to rush him back on the television. So yeah, Triple okay. H did not appear anywhere on Raw. Mm. Did not appear one bit on Raw. So that was your Raw. So you uh you did really well. You Good. only missed uh I believe you only missed three. So you got a seventy percent. You would have passed. You know, what's funny is if it's that predictable to me without even watching it, <laughs> right? why would people tune in? 
It was uh, it was a predictable show, I will say. Yep. It was not a very good show. I mean, this Raw, this is not one where you have to go back and, you know, watch the thing because it was super entertaining or you got to see who won the Slammy Awards. I mean, now, now, Rob, who won the technical Slammys presented at a luncheon earlier in the week? The Usos won <laughs> Tag Team of the Year. Oh, really? They had them. OK. Yeah, the Usos won Tag Team of the Year. The well, what they did is they, they released Shit. almost half the awards on the Raw pre-show. Oh, did they? Okay. Yes. So they did the Raw pre-show and then... You know, I, you know, we mentioned most of the awards they had, you know, people are marking this out. It's always the same thing every year. They have like the extreme moment of the year, the OMG moment of the year, and the this is awesome moment of the year, which are all basically the same thing. Yes. And they had different winners for that. They, they gave the tag team of the year to the friggin' Usos instead of the New Day. They did. Now, WWE contends that all of the awards are voted on legitimately. That the winners are not worked. All of them receive the most votes. Well, that one, okay. If, if if that was a voting one, yeah, people are going to vote for a good guy over a bad guy. So, yeah. Right. Okay. And that's, you know, it's the second year in a row where I think, how can how can that be true? And I, I'm not going to disbelieve them if they say it's not worked. It's not worked. And I'll go with the fact that it's legitimate. Uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> Way to parse it there. But wrestler of the year, last year was Roman Reigns. We all thought, how is that possible? And this year it was Seth Rollins. And I get maybe the sympathy, but it's not like people are, you know. I don't think that one's voted on, is it? Yeah, they're all oh, voted it was? on. I didn't think that one was voted on. All of them, I, yeah. I never would have said so. I Rollins. know. Okay. I know. I wouldn't have either, but uh, but that was that was voted on. That was voted on indeed. Uh, so that was Monday Night Raw, Breaking Ground. Uh, mm. Breaking Ground, uh, last uh, this week's episode was on the WWE Network right after Raw. Yeah. Um, strong thoughts from the last couple of episodes of Breaking Ground before I give you uh, my thoughts. Uh, I loved the both these episodes. And I thought, you know, except for a couple of missteps here and there where, you know, especially the one where <laughs> they're talking about Nia Jax's debut and they had to get a couple of digs in on WCW. You know, overall, you know, straightforward to the point, and that's always more interesting to me. I could watch I could watch a documentary about Bay Mella forever. Oh, I yeah. could. They are both a day, so a day in the life great. of Bay Mella. They are both so great and and pop off the screen here. Um, you know the little moments that where people lower their guard were great. I thought both. I think you know I knew Scott Hall would give some good feedback to people. Oddly enough, Ty Dillinger giving feedback to Tino was. I was, I was like, man, that's really cognizant of how people would look at him and, and react to him. They're going to hate him before his body. I'm like, man, that's great. Yes. I thought, I thought Baron Corbin was really good on this second episode as being a guy who goes, look, I can talk to T. He can talk to Tino because they've both been in the NFL and they're both pretty much straight shooters. Right. And, and he respects both. Tino because he was right. in the NFL. He doesn't exactly. respect the guys who were wrestlers beforehand. He respects right. the guys who were real athletes in his mind. Yeah. No, Um. I liked the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, it, you know, you just knew Noof was going to die when she came out with that one entrance, and it didn't look like anything to me. And then, of course, she does the same exact thing, and Regal goes, well, that was uninspiring. I'm like, were you watching the first time? <laughs> um, you know, I like seeing how Bailey's taking a leadership role in NXT. That's kind of become fascinating to me that they trust a talent with a lot of that kind of stuff. On the lower level, I thought the Sami Zayn story was great coming in. Uh, the only thing that made me just laugh out loud was, um, I think on the second episode, they're showing, they're, they're, they're taping, oh, it was when uh, uh, they were testing Carmella to see if she could come back. Yeah. And, and playing while everybody's working out. <laughs> Motorhead, bow down to the king. And I'm like, do they just play WWE theme songs oh, while yeah. everybody's working out? <laughs> you got to immense yourself. You got to immerse yourself in WWE, Jeff. I mean, if you're going to be at the Performance Center, everything's got to be WWE. Uh, yeah. Um, Dana Brooke came off really well to me in this last episode. Everyone um, comes off great. The, you know what? The only one you know who what? doesn't come T off great is T Tino Sabatelli. Which well, he kind of comes, comes off, off as, do as a douche canoe. Yes, he and comes I think off as a douche canoe. I think if he ever made NXT TV, this might help him in a heel role. Oh yeah, because you know it's it's funny. Um, oh, what was I gonna? Oh, there was something else that that. Oh well, uh, Mojo comes off as a as just someone who 
I couldn't last five minutes in a room with without going, all right, I'm done with you. Well, it, it's amazing because before Mojo got hurt last year, he was going to start going heel. Yeah. So he was, I mean, they they teased it once on TV where he came out and kind of stared at Tyler Breeze. Uh, but he was going to be a bad guy. The people were kind of turning on him. But now when he's in this tag team and he's babyface again, uh, the focus isn't all on him. But yeah, you're absolutely right. If, if Mojo Raleigh was a single wrestler, on NXT or in the main roster, it would not take long for the crowd just to be done with him. I just mean as a human being coming oh, yeah. off that he, show. I just go, I go. He's more know, annoying. I, I've, known, I've known comedians like that, you know, who have to be the life of the party at all times. And you just go, I, I can't even have a conversation with you because I will strangle you right here in your own home if you continue to be like this with me. Now, now with Tino to backtrack a little bit. Uh, uh, Matt Bloom, Albert, whatever you want to call him, nailed him perfectly. He has the perfect gimmick up until the point he steps into the ring and just, and just, you know, doesn't have the technical prowess just yet, but he's driving to a developmental show in a custom made Maserati. Yep. Oh, you are a douche and in custom made clothes. It's so funny because you want to kind of root for him. And then he does these things, and you kind of—I questioned it. I was like, he was a super over babyface, you know, athlete trying to make his way and be humble and stuff. And then now, all of a sudden, they—they've almost—no, that not even almost—they turned him heel without oh, yeah. any explanation to the oh, viewer. Yeah, he, he's a bad guy. It, it, it's like all of a sudden a memo came out. All right, nobody can like Tino anymore. Let's edit this so that he's a total jerk. <laughs> right. No, you're you're absolutely right. He's the bad guy. He's this guy that you want to root against. Like, hey, take your money and fail in this business. Scott Hall was great. Scott Hall was excellent. Un unbelievably great to, to me because I, you know, all I can think of is that Dudley boys story when, when they come into the locker room and he asks, what's your finisher? I can't wait to kick out of it. So seeing him give actual, you know, good notes and stuff. I know people can change once they're in kind of a training role rather than a performing role which, from improv because, I mean, I... You know, it took me a while to become a supportive coach, so to speak, as opposed to just an overly critical one. Yeah. So, so it was nice to see this from Scott Hall, especially in his later years. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed that Breaking Ground episode. I'm I'm enjoying it quite a bit. They they teased again the ending of Breaking Ground teased again the Dana Brooke Oscar injury. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was kind of teased on the last episode as well. So I wonder when we're finally going to get that. But uh, they also interesting turn. They're teasing like, will Sami Zayn ever be able to make it to the main roster because of his health? Mm -hmm. um, so, I, I mean, the one the one shoulder injury after Randy Orton's missed years with shoulder injuries and uh, they're they're doing that little angle. It's interesting to me. Um, if, any, if anything, you know oh, go ahead. well, if anything with the Sami Zayn deal is if they're going to push it on breaking ground, can Sami Zayn ever make it to the main roster with all these injuries? It screams to me that when he's back ready after a short NXT run, he's probably going to the main roster and that'll make it onto breaking ground. I hope so. I mean, I, we don't know how long breaking ground is going to last. I mean, how many episodes in it? I mean, I thought probably only be about 10 episodes for a season and then they'd move on to something else. And my God, even, uh, what's his name? Uh, ZZ came off well on this. Yeah, I'm. Uh, oh, I don't know. But but he's still being used as a as a cautionary tale, so to speak. I don't care for any of the tough enough guys. I think Sarah Lee yeah, is yeah. Sarah Lee could you know be something down there just because they seem to have more focus on on giving as many shots as possible to the women to make it onto TV. Yeah. And it also seems like the women are a much more close knit group in or in terms of helping to build each other up. Um, I enjoyed the, uh, the performance center shows. Well, I thought that's a good touch. Yeah. But uh, last thing on the Sarah Lee note is oh, yeah. what really works in her favor is you saw her now, whether or not she's doing this on every show or it was just for TV, the fact that she was driving with Bailey and Carmella. Yeah. I mean, that's a plus. That, you know, if you're going to attach yourself to two people to show you the ropes around NXT, you can't get, go any better than that. I don't think. Yeah. But yeah, the performance center shows, they do that. They wrestle in front of the guys and. You know, uh, your harshest critics, if you will. Yeah. But uh, that performance center, man, this breaking ground, while it's not all completely legit and they take, you know, leeway with certain things, it's a really interesting show. And I think it's my favorite on the network. It did not win the best original series Slammy, however. The Stone Cold <laughs> Podcast was the victor for that Slammy. That's bullshit, too. Be beating Table for Three <laughs> and the huge upset beating Swerved. Was, was NXT... 
uh, nominated? No. Okay. Best original uh, non-wrestling show. Non-wrestling, okay. Non-wrestling show. All right. uh, Jeff Hawkins, it's time for Kevin Owen Hates You. Well, he doesn't. You, you interrupted my thing. All right, go ahead. All right, hold on a second. I'm going to play it again. <laughs> Jeff Hawkins, hmm? it's time for Kevin Owen Hates You. Where's my fucking champ? This week on Kevin Owens Hates You. <laughs> Kevin Owens last night on Monday felt he deserved not one, mm-hmm. but at least two Slammy Awards. Owens tweeted out, if I don't walk out with at least two Slammy Awards, I'm canceling Christmas for everyone except for my family. And of course, on the Slammy Award show, he failed to win any Slammys taking his frustrations out on Dolph Ziggler on Raw, and then made good on his promise, tweeting out, Christmas canceled. Return the gifts you bought unless it's KO merchandise. Screw you all. Good night. Shut up. Kevin Owens canceling Christmas. At least he said good night. I mean, that was kind of nice. I like the homage to Owen Hart by saying he wanted two slammies. Um, That's cool. You know what would have been a better tweet? If I don't win at least two slammies, I'll eat my hat. Right. He would much have actually like, had to do it. Yeah, much like you'll be doing it in 2016. Oh, as if, buddy. <laughs> as if. CM Punk ain't fighting. You might think he's going to fight. He ain't going to fight. Well, roll around a little bit, but fighting, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> You're going to judge his match. Well, that wasn't really a fight per se. That was a guy who went in who didn't know what he was doing. I so might, I don't have to eat my hat. I might practice a little bit. Uh, <laughs> before we get to match number 52 on our top 100 countdown, uh, we got I, uh, scrolling around the interwebs. Mm-hmm. I found on Reddit, go figure. Oh, God. You love that Reddit. I go on Reddit. I don't love it. I you, mention it you, once a month and you people you, think I love it. You crave their approval. I don't necessarily crave the approval. You do. But it is a good way for people to learn about us because a lot of people go on that Reddit. Um, Do they up or downvote us on Reddit? um, Or just go meh? It's kind of, yeah. It's kind of of a mix between that, downvoting. Sometimes we get the upvotes. uh, Sometimes we get the upvotes, but they downvote anything. It's funny because Reddit, if you're... You know, promoting something that someone famous did, they'll upvote it like crazy. But if you're oh, promoting, yeah. you know, a DIY type of thing, like, hey, I'm trying to make something for you. Downvote it. Downvote. Hey, oh, how dare hey, you make something for us? Hey, he took initiative and we don't have any. Let's downvote him and make him feel bad about his effort. Boo! WWE Boo, sucks say. right Boo. now, but I don't want your non-WWE content. Yes, go go away, plug boy. You're not a part of this community. Luke Harper's shirt on Reddit <laughs> made a thread on our squared circle. He called it. And just reading this headline, I was like, Oh, what am I in for here? The title of the thread was worst wrestling podcasts. He goes on to say in the original post, I also tried and had to give up on shake them ropes. The main host was a little too Markish for my liking. They often have awkward silences and he just kind of goes on embarrassing tangents a little too often. Like cringe humor without the humor. That, that, oh, I was going to keep it more silent than that. <laughs> just to have an awkward silence. Thank well, you. I don't know. Thank you for the review, Luke Harper's shirt. You can uh, write reviews for us on iTunes, pro or con, good He's, or bad. Hold on, is he right? Is he right? I don't know. Are you Markish and have cringeworthy humor? You notice he didn't go to me because, you know. Yeah, the main host. The main host is the one that needs to go. I guess, I don't know, Jeff, you would just want to take over the show. Maybe it'd be better. I don't know. Maybe I should go. I don't know if anybody wants that, to be honest with you. I'm I'm here for, uh, you know, shits and giggles. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) I I have at least four more months to go... uh, to go on the show <laughs> until you move to Chicago. Until I move to Chicago with the <laughs> girlfriend and give up on all. I didn't know. Well, they, they, had, they had mentioned that. I was like, that's the first I've ever heard of Rob moving to Chicago, but okay. <laughs> yeah. We will, uh, we will talk about that a little on the Christmas episode, oh, but first, wait, I had a question before we go to our match. I had a okay. question. about One more question about Rob. Did they, sure. did they, did they say that WrestleMania was going to be in Minneapolis? No. 
Okay. In fact, PW Insider on Tuesday came out with a story saying that there won't be WrestleMania in Minneapolis. Ooh, suck on that, Mookie. Jeez. Yeah, so we'll. Uh, <laughs> Everybody, every, I mean, they 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 tease it and they tease it and they tease it and they take it away. Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I mean, we'll have to wait and see exactly which city Eric Bischoff goes into the Hall of Fame in. Mm. Uh, but uh, match number fifty-two on our top one hundred countdown: the Iron Man match from SmackDown, the first ever Iron Man match on Raw or SmackDown. From Tuesday, September 16th, 2003, it aired on SmackDown on September 18th, 2003. Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, 60 Minutes, Iron Man, Jeff Hawkins. The season premiere of SmackDown from 2003, correct? Right. Season premiere of SmackDown. When they do that, they they pick and choose which years to kind of call the season premiere and season finale. They've been doing it more often, but yes, this was the season premiere of WWE SmackDown featuring an hour-long main event. Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, which was, I mean, this was really the feud of 2003. I mean, these two were the only two guys to hold the WWE title in 2003. It was Brock Lesnar. It was Kurt Angle. They changed it a couple of times. Uh, This was the Wrestling Observer feud of the year, Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle. And it's amazing, too, because this was the year where Kurt Angle really started having all of the horrible neck issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the point where he was going into WrestleMania 19 with Brock Lesnar with a broken neck, people thinking he couldn't even do the match, took a little time off, came back, went right back at it with Brock Lesnar. And uh, you had this match on SmackDown because the following weekend on that Sunday was a raw brand pay-per-view. So they mm-hmm. did this on the TV instead of a pay-per-view because that's, again, when they were still doing the co or the non-co-branded pay-per-views. You would have Raw one month, SmackDown one month, and the yes. big four. Uh, So no pay-per-view in sight. They had to do it on SmackDown. Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, your your thoughts on the match. Now, this is more your history, so I'm going to tap into your wheelhouse. When they referred to the 1-1 tie, does that include the – is this WrestleMania Seattle? WrestleMania Seattle was that year, yeah. Okay. And now what was the the other match where, I guess, the other guy won? Uh, What – the – the one where Kurt Angle won the championship, I believe, but I will look. Uh, okay. That is was a, that a pay per view? Good, I guess. Good question, actually. I think Brock tr- Lesnar. Um, it was the night where Kurt Angle got the title back, anyway, because Brock Lesnar won it at WrestleMania. Right. So Kurt Angle got the title back. Okay. Um, I am going to look. No Mercy 2003 was around that time. All right. Um, I'll, I'll I'll fill some time. It, this here, was then. this was the rubber match of the event because uh, you know Kurt Angle going into I love that build up for WrestleMania 19. I really did. Yeah. Because you know Kurt Angle had given interviews where it was going to be like the greatest match of all time. Like look at who's in the ring. You have Brock Lesnar, this you know all American, this amateur. You have Kurt Angle, who's an Olympic hero. Like this will be the best wrestling match ever. And while it didn't necessarily turn out that way, because I mean those expectations were way too high. I thought the buildup was really fun. I mean, this buildup, you know, featured Team Angle. This is where Team Angle really started kicking into gear with Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. Right, because they lost the uh, tag team belts before this match. You had Eric Angle coming in doing the stunt double work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it was just a it was just a really fun a really fun buildup that I liked quite a bit. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked the um, even on this show. I liked that they were treating it like a sport. They liked you know the keys to victory and the tail of the tape and making it seem important. I thought you know those were some nice little touches. Even the touch of saying that UPN has given us permission to go over time if we do not have a definitive winner of this match. I thought that's a nice little hook right there. Those little details there that make it seem real. Right. As opposed to go as opposed to you're looking and going, well, you know, the last five minutes are gonna be when all the action happens uh-huh. so that they can get to the end before the T V time uh goes out. Uh <laughs> I love the flashback before the match. You can tell it's two thousand three because Brock can still throw Stephanie around and nobody gets upset about it. Right. Um and in two thousand three, Michael Cole still has that stupid soul patch that he just loves so much. He has it now. He keeps yeah, yeah, he keeps it around. He he looks like it uh you know this is this is the he way looks, I look best, right? Oh, With the soul no, patch. He looks he looks like he should have a bongo and yeah. a beret and doing beatnik poetry on some college campus. Probably more so now that he's back in shape. Like when he was bigger it kind of worked a little bit better I think but now that he's you know skinny beefed up guy michael cole uh but so okay so here's what happened like kurt angle was the champion going into 2003 brock lesnar won at wrestlemania 19 taking the title from him 
Uh, they had a triple threat match at Vengeance in 2003. Oh, that yeah, that's the one with the Undertaker, right? Uh, Big Show. Big Show. Okay. So Kurt Angle won his championship back from Brock Lesnar and Big Show in a triple threat match. Uh, they did the match at SummerSlam 2003. Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar. Kurt Angle won that match. So that was match number two, as far as one-on-one singles matches go. Uh, you have Brock winning at WrestleMania, Kurt Angle winning at SummerSlam. So this match here on SmackDown was the one-on-one rubber match for the championship mm. uh, with uh, with this feud of the year going in here. Okay, cool. No, I, I took notes on each of the falls. Um, if, I don't know how we would do it. There were a lot of falls in this match. That's the other thing I noticed. It was uh, for, five for, to for four, no? Yeah, it was a nine-fall match. Yep, nine-fall match. And uh, and that first match, the first fall didn't even get going for about uh, seven or eight minutes here because Brock was doing a fantastic job. If he wasn't being able to cheap shot a guy and stomp him, all he did was stall. That's all he did. <laughs> I mean, it was it was stalling. Even Larry Zabisco said, "You're you're stalling too much here. Get back in the ring." Because it's interesting. Because yeah, Brock Lesnar was this all American. He was big dude, but I don't know how well his stamina might have been for you know something like that. So they kind of took it took it easy. Yeah, uh, the, it was also. Yeah, it was also it. a tape show, so like mm-hmm. they could kind of piece things together, and there were commercial breaks that had to go in uh, in between different stuff. So, um, well, no, he was literally leaving the ring and stalling. That, right. that was the whole thing to get the crowd to boom a bit more. I, I did oh, right. enjoy yeah, yeah, yeah. in this first fall. They continued the story after it of just one drop kick to the knee ended up injuring Brock, and kept going back to that in subsequent falls. I thought that was kind of a cool little uh, continuity touch. Yeah, so go through, uh, if you want, go through the okay. different uh, falls here because, I mean, like most Iron Man matches, it was close at the end. Yes. Like, really, it's a matter of, you know, how do you get to the end there? But I, I remember going in that I remember there being a lot of falls, and I think they did that specifically because it's on TV, right? Yes, I, I do. I, b- I believe so, too, including they had a fall during a commercial break, which I missed twice trying right. to watch this. I go, when did this when did the score change? And then it's like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there so we- you you needed to be paying attention closely to the match so you would know what's happening at the end. Now, you could have walked away from SmackDown for an hour, come back at the end and be like, okay, it's 4-4 or whatever mm-hmm. the score is. Um, and you wouldn't have had to see the other one. But it was Brock Lesnar. It was Kurt Angle. They picked the right two guys because you actually, it's fun watching them wrestle, right? So you wanted to be there watching these guys work, and it was Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar. Yes, they were stalling at the beginning, but once it gets in its groove, it it feels like it goes pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, and Brock Brock is so young here. I mean, he's such a, a fresh face in terms of and, and yeah. Just, you look you look at his face from then and now, and it's like, yeah. oh my god, he was the baby. He was a baby face. Like oh, he yeah. looks so young always. Um, and then he goes to UFC, gets beat up, and now looks you know his age. And he doesn't have the uh, the the brass knuckle knife tattoo on his chest either. So I mean, he, he, you know, he's not all tatted up except for his back. So he's you know he's still. It's, that tattoo is so terrible. I just hate it so much. It's just a young, fresh baby. Yeah, but the first, uh, the first fall after uh, after copious amounts of stalling, 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 and the injured knee from the drop kick, uh, Brock decides, you know what, he's had enough of this. Uh, so he the the consummate Iron Man story in certain matches, because I believe we had this in the Rick Rude versus Ricky Steamboat uh, Iron Man match. He decides to sacrifice a fall to do more damage to him. So he grabs a chair. Hits Kurt Angle in the head for the DQ at 8.45. one nothing Kurt Angle. That's right. He, the, s- he sacrificed a fall for the greater good. Yes, he did. It's a strategy often, uh, often used here. Mm-hmm. Not always to benefit, but in this case, maybe it did. It did, perhaps, because on the second fall, Brock got it back uh, after taunting Kurt Angle for a little bit. Just picks him up for an F5 and ties it at 10.23. And there's a, I love the, there's a 15 second rest period. <laughs> you know, that rarely ever happens in Iron Man matches, but I guess, you know what? Good for them. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, fall number three. Um, we had a, oh, Brock taunts Kurt Angle some more about tapping out because that was the big thing is that uh, Brock had tapped out, I guess, in the, when uh, Kurt Angle won the championship. And, uh, Gives him gives Kurt Ankle his own move, an ankle lock, and uh, Kurt taps out. And so Brock Lesnar at uh, twelve fifteen is now leading two falls to one. 
Fall number four, bit of a battle back and forth. F5 outside for a countout victory at 1958. Brock Lesnar is then up three to one. And looks to be like he's running away with it, as they note. Fall number five, a bit of back and forth. Um, angle slam at 25.59. So Angle picks up another one, 3-2. This is when they mention overtime is a possibility. I thought that was a nice touch yet again. Um, in this next fall, uh, Brian Hebner does a flip bump after a Brock Lesnar clothesline. And I just love this. Uh, Lesnar goes out, belt shot on Kurt Angle. Uh, inside the ring, lifts Hebner up by his pants. I don't know why. That just that just amused me to no end. I imagined some giant wrestler doing that to you one time as a as a referee. Did did that ever happen to you? It did. Where you're knocked out and someone just dragged you by your pants, picked you up, flopped you down to for the count. Yes. Um. Not a giant wrestler. It happened with B.J. Whitmer. Oh, okay. In IWA Mid-South in Plainfield, Indiana, I was refing a match between Chuck Taylor and Mickey Knuckles. Okay. And Chuck Taylor gives me a drop kick. Mickey pulls me in the way. Chuck Taylor drop kicks me. I go out. BJ Whitmer comes out uh, to take over as referee, ripping my shirt off, but my shirt was super small. Mm-hmm. So he's ripping it off, and I'm like flying up in the air as he's ripping it off of me. Uh, and then he fails to put on the shirt because it's too small for him. So he just wraps it around his neck and he becomes the referee. But yeah, I was flying around on a gym floor with no padding uh, because BJ Whitmer was trying to rip my ref shirt off. So yeah, yes. I love Brian Hebner because Brian Hebner was this weird referee in 2003. Um, I mean, he was doing the beatboxing for Spanky. He oh, was involved right. in these matches. He was doing weird stuff on the television show. Uh, you don't see him around anymore in WWE because, you know, once his dad got fired, he left too and they're in TNA. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Brian Hebner, weird referee because he always seemed like he wanted to be more involved in the show than yeah. what Vince likes his referees to be. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, referees are not to, are, are there to be seen, but not heard and not named for usually uh, because now I guess that's a new edict or at least a brought back edict for the modern shows that you're not to name referees on commentary. Yeah, they really they really don't name the referees every one. I mean, even when Scott Armstrong has come out, like I think they've named Scott Armstrong just but because Kyoto, he's the Kyoto, heel ref. Yeah, Kyoto would get named. But yeah, it, it depends on. I mean, you've never heard Jason Ayers said right. on TV. You, right. You've never heard Rod Zapata heard on TV. Well, anywho, uh, Hebner groggily counts another fall for Lesnar, and it's four two um, after about thirty. So we go into the second half of this match. And every time we come back from a commercial break, it's so weird because Kurt Angle's gotten his second wind and he's brawling again. It's it's just <laughs> it was a bit disconcerting at first, but you notice it after a while. Is that after every break, Kurt Angle's back to full strength again, like his energy bar's gone up he, in a video game. He just needed that little tiny rest period, right? He's a super stamina freak. Yeah, and the, he's brawling outside. I, you know what? This this next fall featured. I I thought this Angle missile drop kick was. Very pretty. I don't know why. I just was like, I, I it was unexpected because I don't think I've ever seen Kurt Angle hit a missile drop kick right. from the top. But but also, uh, Angle misses a moonsault, and Kurt Angle may have the prettiest looking moonsault of any guy because he more than anybody, with the exception of oh maybe Muda, he jumps more straight in the air than anyone for that moonsault to get the the rotation around. I don't know. What do you think of Kurt Angle's moonsault? I think it's an. I think it's a weird. It's an interesting moonsault because yeah, yeah it, it does. It does look very good, but it's also unexpected from him. Like yeah, he hit it more often. It became expected of Kurt Angle, but when he first started doing that move, like you're not expecting super amateur wrestler Kurt Angle, Olympic hero, to do moonsaults. Uh, but it, it was. It's a move that I feel like he practiced and he got good at, and he was like. Hey, this is something different. This is and fun. I'm just going to keep. With it? Yeah, I'm going to keep doing yeah. it. Like I want to keep doing this one move. This is my new signature move, uh, especially of moves that you don't expect me to do. It was a good looking moonsault. I mean, it, moonsaults are not inherently pretty. I don't believe. Like if you're mm. not running backwards and doing flips and different stuff, like you can make things look really fluid. I always thought that moonsaults, just because your your arms are kind of just out there. And you're you're going backwards in a way that your body doesn't really bend. Like I always front front uh, somersaults and front moves and front dives always look more appealing to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it's okay, it's good. I don't mm. I don't think it's a bad looking move. I don't think you're wrong. It's just I I maybe my personal taste isn't always like moon salts are the way to go. Like I want you to go front first and not back first. Right. 
Well, this is the point where they have a fall during the break, and uh, Kurt Angle hits a superplex during it and, and gets a uh, three count while we're away on commercial. Um, hey, Jeff, and, do you yes. think that was one of those embarrassing tangents I just went on? No. Okay. All I right. thought you were fine. You weren't too embarrassing there. I know when you go embarrassing. Okay. Like, you know, your story of pizza delivery at home when you were stuck there with the car that was out. That was embarrassing. Yeah. Hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's fine. Am I afraid of embarrassing myself? No. No, and nor should you be because we do this. You know, I I embarrass myself every week on this show somehow. <laughs> Mostly by taking copious notes where I shouldn't be. But nevertheless, uh, in this next fall, I have angle F5 on the post. And I forget if, if this was angle doing an F5 to Brock or if Brock F5 Kurt Angle on the post and hit him. But uh, there's a belly to belly off the top rope, 5-3 to Brock with under 10 minutes to go. And I note this crowd is dead. This crowd was so dead for this match for some reason. It's an exciting match, and then they just sit there for like the last, starting at about 50 until you get down to about the last five minutes. This crowd is dead for this match as if they're waiting for something to happen, which is fascinating to well, me for some reason. I mean, you kind of get to the point where the crowd has seen the same two guys wrestle for 40 minutes now, yeah, and they know the finish is coming in 20, so this is that lull period where like, okay, you know, we're not going to get a result right now, and we've seen it for so long. Okay, now here's here's something that that I may have missed in terms of when they showed the rules for this match, because we're five three for Lesnar, and Kurt Angle gets in gets gets the ankle lock, and Brock Lesnar gets the ropes, but Brian Hebner he gets the ropes twice, and Brian Hebner doesn't break the hold, and Lesnar taps, so it's five four Angle. Now was there something in the rules about no rope breaks in an Iron Man match? Because there were DQs and there were countouts. Right, because you would count him, and if Kurt Angle didn't break the hold... Right. Um, I don't remember them saying anything about rope breaks. So I think it's one of those where the rules, we just, you know, we had this creative idea, and who cares what the rules are? Hmm. And so we get down to about 30 seconds left to go, and Brock Lesnar has hit a low blow on Kurt Angle. But Kurt Angle comes back with an ankle lock... But Brock holds on to win by one fall. And Michael Cole is so angry at this. At this injustice done because Brock cheated all these times to get advantages and, and to take the title away from Kurt Angle. And Taz is Taz was pretty good here, I thought, for the most part during the match. He wasn't in full sports entertainment Taz mode, but uh Yeah, I kinda I kinda thought it was like, you know, it was prime for the announcers mm -hmm. in this match like you're going to get an hour of Kurt Angle Brock Lesnar you don't have to tell stories about anything else on the show you just kind of focus on Brock Lesnar Kurt Angle and I thought they were kind of in their little groove there I thought yeah, the announcing you know, you, was not bad on the show you know what this was this was because uh, I, I, I forget how long Michael Cole had been doing Smackdown but this is kind of new I'm trying to make my way in here and I'm trying to be as good as JR Michael Cole on Smackdown mm -hmm. so I mean I thought he was pretty great here doing play by play for the most part. And, uh, you know, overall, uh, a fun, fun match. Long. It does take you, you know, they, they've cut out the commercials on the network, obviously, but still it's a, it's like a 42 to 48-minute match that you have to watch right. for all of it. But still, you know, you never get terribly bored. <laughs> My only problem was I missed that fall during the commercial break, and I was wondering where I missed it, so I kept on having to uh, <laughs> rewind. I'm like, where did I right. miss this fall? Did I? Cause, where cause did like, it I happen? Well, I was getting distracted a little bit with, with family and stuff, kind of trying to talk to me while I'm watching it, and it was always around that time, and it was like, okay, it's 4-3, right, yeah. and then looked out, it's 5-3. I'm like, where the hell did I miss this match? Because I know I was watching it. But uh, no, a, a, a fun, fun match, and uh, to, to watch two really good wrestlers with amateur backgrounds go at it, yeah, go watch this match. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, Brock Lesnar-Kurt Angle in 2003 was the it match uh, mm -hmm. this no exception. Uh, it's historically significant. I mean, one of the best matches in SmackDown history, one of the best moments in SmackDown history. One other question for my timeline. Was Heyman the head writer of SmackDown at this time, or was this be right before the SmackDown 6 era? I, ew, ooh, was Paul Heyman. Let's see. Paul Heyman. We will look this up together. Because this um, sounds like a match that he would book. Because I believe he was involved in everything by then. Uh, but I'm, uh, let's see. Because I well, think you, it was, I think it was 
after. Let's see. Lead writer for SmackDown. Heyman was the lead writer for SmackDown from July 2002 to February 2003. Uh, so this was after mm. Paul Heyman. Okay, cool. Well, uh, match number 51 next week. Vader versus Ric Flair. WCW Starcade 1993. Right around the time Starcade would be happening, I believe, in 1993 as well. Yes. Uh, Ric Flair, Vader. Another Vader match. Mm. On our... This one's, yeah, this one's rough and tumble as well. So we are going to do uh, that match next week on the show uh, on uh, on Shake Them Ropes. We will also talk about John Cena's return yes. to WWE Raw and anything that happens on the final Raw of 2015. And maybe give, uh, it's not going to be a prediction show by any means, but maybe give a couple of thoughts going into 2016, what we expect to see and what we might see and who might be the breakout stars of next year. Uh, so that'll be on our show next week. Uh, we will be doing a special mailbag show and releasing it on Christmas Day, Friday, Friday morning. So you will get a Christmas dose of Jeff and I. Uh, if you are a fan of the show, I hope that's good news for you. If you're um, not, it's coal in your stocking. It is coal in your stocking, indeed. But uh, And it's really a, a thank you to everyone. Uh, like The whole show is just going to be questions that were sent in via Facebook, via email, via Twitter. Um, and a thank you to all those people who have listened to the show since we started doing it in February of uh, last year. Um, it's almost our two-year anniversary of this show, uh, so we will be doing that, and we're releasing it on uh, Christmas. Happy news, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought we were... <laughs> you, you always complain that I over-talk on the end. So... Do I? I do not. <laughs> I don't over-complain at all. I am the most... I didn't say over complain. I said, I said, it's like, uh, I can usually tell when you're ending the show. So it's like, okay, shut up now, unless you have a joke. And I didn't have a joke there. Hey, Jeff, guess what? Chicken butt? I'm ending the show. Okay. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican jerk turkey sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.